0: Welcome to the Urantia Radio Podcast. This time up, we're going to continue our reflection on the impacts of uh, the Lucifer Rebellion that we picked up on a couple of podcast episodes ago because there are more uh, thoughts, I think, that are worthy of exploring in that subject, particularly because so much of it has had an impact on our life here, and especially during these times. So, again, thank you for joining me on the Urantia Radio podcast. And I do want to say up front that if you have a comment or a question, or if uh, you have a particular uh, subject from the Urantia book that you would like us to address, uh, or even if you just want to share something that you might be doing in your own community with regard to sharing and getting the Urantia book out there, or if you see something, let me know at Urantia book Radio at gmail.com. Once again, Urantia Book Radio at gmail.com, and this time up, we're going to talk about uh, reality. What is reality, right? That's a good question we all ask ourselves. Is there relative reality, partial reality? What does the Arantia Revelation tell us about reality? Um, and I think the the point that I want to make is on paper 53, where it talks about Uh, the difference between true and false liberty and what that has to do with reality. So we hear that question being asked, what is reality? And many people have adopted a position of relativism. The only reality is what we make of it. The only reality is the current reality, the moment of time we're in, nothing more and nothing less. In scientism, in that uh, ideology, There is only the reality that we can prove that exists. This is why so much of science and the academics are ruled by uh, relativism, scientism. I wouldn't even call it existentialism because they only believe in the here and now, that there is nothing else if science can't prove it. Now, a deist might argue that there is a larger reality, one that encompasses a far greater scope of space and time. In this principle, the totality of reality Is the only true reality. Everything else is relative to the totality of reality. Even our spinning world is only partial true because it's just not spinning unto itself. It's part of a larger aggregate of material reality, which is going around the sun, which in effect is going around other stars. And we're all moving in either a counterclockwise or a clockwise rotation, depending on where we are within this totality of reality. So while it might be true on a material level that the earth is spinning, uh, it is also spinning in proportion to other things that are spinning as well. So that's what I mean by the totality of reality. In the Arantia book, this is explained as the deity absolute, that which is actual, experiential, and true. The unqualified absolute is potential reality. The unrevealed aspect of time and space, which has yet to occur, God or absolute deity, is both actual and potential. Another aspect of true reality is shared experience. When two or more separate personalities experience the same event or the same idea simultaneously, in this way the event becomes a living experience that is both real and And actual, there can be no dispute that the event occurred. It's important to note those two forms of reality, but the term reality itself is connected with and substantiated by truth. What is truth? Is it that which is? We say God is truth because truth cannot exist in a vacuum. It must be both existential and experiential. It must be realizable by intelligence and it must be consistent. Gravity is demonstrable as a form of truth because it is always present. In other words, objective truth experienced by many is real. Whereas subjective truth, that which only one person believes may not be demonstrable to anyone except the sole individual experiencing what they call their truth. Now in today's Western culture, many have adopted the term truth or reality as subjective disconnected to the greater reality, as expressed by the term, my truth or my reality. In fact, many adults consider it virtuous to embrace subjective truth. Young children or people who feel unique to their own living experience are encouraged to, quote, speak your truth or speak your unique experience. And then the rest of us are expected to accept their truth as reality which is dangerous because it separates truth from reality, making it only unique to the individual involved with regard to cosmic or eternal relationships. And that was Lucifer's falling, which I'll go into in just a moment. Now, according to what I and others who share in the study of the Orantian Papers believe to be the definition of reality is really this. The universe is one huge reality. ...and there is abundant activity going on we are not fully aware of. In fact, our world is all but isolated from this greater reality... ...which has existed all along. Our world is a recent addition to this greater universe of reality... ...and that reality encompasses billions of worlds... trillions of living personalities... ...and operates under a practical, efficient and intelligent ministry... both personality forms as well as intelligent living energy systems who work in tandem and with each other under the first source and center's exhortation of perfection attainment through actual living experience now what this means is angels and even jesus are part of this greater system which is what christ tried to tell us when he bestowed himself in mortal form on this world 2,000 years ago. He was speaking for God, who is at the center of reality and the actual sponsor of reality. People search for the truth because they are seeded by the spirit of this great unifying force we call God. And because we are endowed by our creator with intelligence and real spirit potential. And so it is that we have this urge hardwired into us the urge to seek and find truth in all of its experiential forms. Reality has been in existence for a lot longer than man's existence, which is but a second of time when compared to the universal scale of time. Actually, the Arantia papers state that our local universe is comprised of over 10 million potential living worlds that life continues to show forth in an expansive and growing universe. So let's talk about cosmic relationships. Reality is reinforced by cosmic relationships, duty, i.e. the connection to the whole, as opposed to the segmented and distorted reality, which is separate from the whole. For example, in the family unit, each member has a cosmic or personal relationship with other members. It's a conscious relationship, whether it's father and mother, the sibling, or even a relative. The obligation to serve one another is the cosmic relationship's purpose. Now, in the business environment, or in most social settings, each individual has a, a duty to other members because of a shared purpose. In the universe, Christ has a cosmic obligation to serve the Father's will. And the Son represents the Father. This is also why his teachings were based on service instead of salvation. Salvation is... Survival of mortal existence is a gift, something the individual should take for granted, since he or she recognizes the cosmic relationship of the whole, but service is that relationship in action. One of the pitfalls of the Lucifer Manifesto, in which this once brilliant son declared his separation from the totality of the whole of cosmic relationships, was his decision that it would take away from your right and my right to exist. In this way, he skirted the cosmic duty of service and instead replaced it with a relative idea of reality where he could determine his own truth or his own fate. This is why in today's culture, the idea of having your own truth is at its base a Luciferian doctrine. Lucifer didn't invent selfish behavior, but he elevated it to a virtue that seeks to distort cosmic truth entirely. It was Lucifer's plan to deny cosmic obligation and adopt his own ideology based on his own needs and desires, on his own relative and limited perception of truth itself. By denying the plan and adopting his own and then corrupting others into adopting the the same relativism, Lucifer disrupted the totality of cosmic obligations, and this constitutes the worst form of inequity. I will read this excerpt from the Orangia book about the repercussions of what they call false doctrines of liberty, and I'll ask you to think about that against the backdrop of what's happening in today's Western culture, where we hear about liberty and unbridled freedom. From paper 54, we'll start reading, True liberty is the quest of the ages and the reward of evolutionary progress. False liberty is the subtle deception of the error of time and the evil of space. Enduring liberty is predicated on the reality of justice, intelligence, maturity, fraternity, and equity. Liberty is a self-destroying technique of cosmic existence when its motivation is unintelligent, unconditioned, and uncontrolled. True liberty is progressively related to reality and is ever regardful of social equity, cosmic fairness, universe fraternity, and divine obligations. Liberty is suicidal when divorced from material justice, intellectual fairness, social forbearance, moral duty, and spiritual values. Liberty is non-existent apart from cosmic reality. At all personality reality is proportional to its divinity relationships. Unbridled self-will and unregulated self-expression equal unmitigated selfishness, the acme of ungodliness. Liberty without the associated and ever-increasing conquest of self is a figment of egoistic mortal imagination. Self-motivated liberty is a conceptual illusion, a cruel deception. License masquerading in the garments of liberty is the forerunner of abject bondage. True liberty is the associate of genuine self respect. False liberty is the consort of self admiration. True liberty is the fruit of self control. False liberty, the assumption of self assertion. Self control leads to altruistic service. Self admiration tends toward the exploitation of others for the selfish aggrandizement of such a mistaken individual as is willing to sacrifice righteous attainment for the sake of possessing unjust power over his fellow beings. Even wisdom is divine and safe only when it is cosmic in scope and spiritual in motivation." This is why when we have a conceptual idea of a greater reality as opposed to only thinking of of terms in a limited temporal time related reality, it is easier to embrace liberty as an idea of free will doing good for others and not just having the liberty to do what one damn well pleases regardless of how it affects other people. And so we close and consider the following from paper 54. Every creature of every evolving universe who aspires to do the will of God is destined to become the partner of the time-space creators in this magnificent adventure of experiential perfection attainment. Were this not true, the Father would have hardly endowed such creatures with creative free will, neither would He indwell them, actually go into partnership with them by means of His own Spirit. Lucifer's folly was the attempt to short-circuit time in an experiential universe. Lucifer's crime was the attempted creative disenfranchisement of every personality in our system of over 600 worlds for which he was the chief administrator of. In so doing, this one-time sovereign of your system set the temporal purpose of his own free will directly athwart to the eternal purpose of God's will as it is revealed in the bestowal of free will upon all personal creatures. And so thus does the Lucifer Manifesto, masquerading in the habiliments of liberty, stand forth in the clear light of reason as a monumental threat to consummate the theft of personal liberty and to do it on a scale that has been approached only twice in all the history of Nebedin. From paper 54... In short, what God had given men and angels, Lucifer, would have taken away from them. That is, the divine privilege of participating in the creation of their own destinies and of the destiny of this local system of inhabited worlds. No being in the universe has the rightful liberty to deprive any other being of true liberty, the right to love and be loved, the privilege of worshipping God and of serving His fellows. So a lot to comprehend, a lot to think about. I want to leave you with this thought. Most people have no idea when they embrace relativism or scientism as a base philosophy. They don't knowingly participate in Lucifer's plan. That's not what the Urantia book implies. Nor is it the reason I wanted to expand upon this subject. The danger is the illusion of false liberty. The idea that the individual's will is paramount to the will of the divine. The message here is that when you start down that slippery slope of thinking about your own self-importance, divorced from social obligations of fairness and divine obligations, that's when false liberty takes over true liberty. Please allow me to introduce myself. That is my